Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. I want to welcome you to our special series of Money Sense, specifically dedicated to providing valuable information regarding the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. For nearly 30 years, I have been helping listeners learn how to relate many of life's situations to their finances. This pandemic has caused wide-scale disruption in nearly every sector of our lives. No matter your personal situation, we strive to meet you where you are at, both financially and emotionally. Our guests during this series include a futurist, economist, physician, psychologist, as well as local Milwaukee business professionals to get their perspective on how you can apply their insight and expertise to your financial future. This important series will be aired on WISN AM 1130 during our regular Money Sense times, which are Saturdays at 2 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at noon. They will also be available on demand at ellenbecker.com slash money sense or on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. We hope you will find these informative and be sure to share them with your family and your friends. My guest today is Diane Gastro, and Diane is the Director of Insurance Planning for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. And before Diane joined us, she was in insurance for many, many years and serviced our accounts and helped us. And then we began to realize as a company how important insurance was to our clients and to their planning. And so now, the way Ellen Becker Investment Group works is that Diane actually reviews every single insurance plan, um, life insurance, disability insurance, um, reviews all of their insurance to make sure that all of the things that we're recommending or the way we're approaching a planning session with our clients, we're doing it right. And this is probably the first time in the history of the world that collectively within a span of maybe two months, and maybe that's even longer, where everybody at one point has asked themselves, what if I die? Could I die? Could I get COVID? What would it do? How would it impact my family? And I thought it would really be important to bring Diane onto the show to talk about how his insurance changed and the value of understanding if your family is protected. There are some people who died from this terrible virus. There are some people who beat it. There are some people that maybe dodged a bullet and didn't even know if they had it. But my perspective is, is that we're always going to be looking at things that are going to affect our healthcare. And whether we believe it or not, it's not if we die, it's when we die. And really asking ourselves, are, are we protected? Is our family protected? This has been a really large upset and people are very curious but they're also very um, tenuous about what the outcome would be for their family and so Diane I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you Karen I am excited to be here as you know I love to talk about insurance and I passionately believe that insurance is a tool that many people can use as part of their financial plan. And I say that in regard to life insurance, long-term care insurance, and disability insurance. And things have really been changing, so it's a great time to have this discussion. You know, people really don't even bat an eye when it comes to insuring their home 
or insuring their car. I mean, most people are really responsible about looking that. But somehow life insurance has gotten a really bad rap for, I think, a lot of reasons. And one of the things that we've done in our company is Diane works with every single client on their needs, and she is a salaried employee. It, there's no incentive to be selling anything, to be offering something that isn't absolutely appropriate. Not that we wouldn't do that anyways, but I think a lot of people think that, oh, it's just a big commission driver or something. And, and it's really not. It's really um, a way, a tool of protecting your family. So Diane, can you talk a little bit about what the impact of COVID-19 has had on the insurance industry. And then I'd like you all to stay tuned because we're gonna talk about disability. So many people were out of work with this. We're gonna talk about life insurance term versus universal. And Diane has just an entire list of really pertinent things that people at least should be aware of. And Karen, I would say that during this period of work at home, our clients have really gone back to some of the discussions we had in the past for two reasons. One, like you said, they're aware that the world can change and change very quickly. I may not ever be as insurable as I am today. If I get COVID, what does that mean? And the other issue is people have time because they're at home and they're like, oh, I meant to talk about my life insurance. I meant to talk about you know, preparing my will. They've been following up and getting, I'm as busy as I have ever been because people get it and they get the need for it. When you talk about um, being busy, being busy is a lot of times just helping people to understand what they have, to understand if what they bought years and years ago is still really relevant to where they are today. And then also, if they do see holes in their planning, to help them to evaluate what are some of the best steps. That's it exactly. And I would say my time is spent equally between the two of helping people revisit what they bought previously. Why did they buy it? Does it still fit in their needs? And is it still working? It's like you can have the greatest refrigerator, but if the ice maker doesn't work, it's not a great refrigerator anymore if you want ice. And if you think about life insurance, there's features and benefits that may or may not be appropriate and they may no longer be working. So we sort of go backwards in time and say, why did you buy it? What was the purpose? Do you still have that purpose? And is there a more efficient tool? Again, talking about ice makers, do you remember back in the day where we had the ice cube trays that you filled with water and stuck in the freezer? <laughs> you know, there, nobody that's younger even knows about those even anymore. So it's becoming aware of what can be done differently today to solve some of your concerns. Can you go into one of the things that I think is so important is the whole concept of disability. And I think that many times people go to work and they have a lot of really great benefits, but they don't often know how they work and they don't know how they start up, where the end point is, and also about having disability insurance that's not associated with work. And what I would say there, Karen, is one of the places I start with our clients is to get an inventory of the coverage they have, either from their employer or from another um, you know, purchase that they may have bought. And I want them to understand the benefits of having that disability insurance. A lot of employees don't understand what a wonderful benefit their employer has provided for them. So they know in the back of their mind they have disability insurance, and if you break it down to what is it, 
it is going to ensure your paycheck if you can no longer work. And everybody is hypersensitive to paychecks right now as people lost their jobs and they saw they need that paycheck. So if you can no longer earn your paycheck because of an injury or because of an illness, the group disability policies give you some of those benefits back. Very often people will get 60% of their pre-disability earnings up to a monthly cap. And that's, you need to understand that because if you're getting 60% of $15,000 a month, but there's a cap of 10,000, you're not gonna get a full 60%. And people also need to understand that they pay taxes on those benefits. So not only has their income decreased, but it's still taxable like it was before they needed the disability payment. There's also some tax benefits. So when you get um, disability insurance through your work, you are gonna be taxed on that on an annual basis. When you purchase, purchase disability with your already been taxed money, you receive those benefits without having to pay double tax on them again. So looking at what you're getting and looking at a combination, Diane can help you to determine what you might want in addition to that or what's the best avenue for payment. Yes, that's an important feature, again, to understand who's paying for the premiums, what the benefits are, what taxes are owed when, and your individually purchased supplemental coverage could be portable, so you could take it with you if you leave your employer, and very often, group plans, when you get a benefit, if you also qualify for either workers' compensation or social security disability, it offsets the benefits from your workers' plan. So you're not gonna to get to double dip, per se. If your maximum benefit is 60% and your social security benefit is 55, you only get 5% from your employer. And if you leave your company or they discontinue the plan, you don't have the benefit at all anymore it's not portable. You know, Diane, I think one of the things that have become very clear to us as a company and to we have been, as you said, we have never been busier with new clients coming in and really wanting to get educated on where they're at. And I always say that we like to work with people just as if you go to the shopping mall and you've got this big shopping mall and you go to the directory and there's a big arrow that says you are here and you can figure out where you want to go from there so that you're not walking around in circles. But the truth of it is we've had so many people come in to say, I just got to get a handle on where I'm at. So many new clients. And when I think about people now who have been, who maybe have gotten sick, have lost their jobs, so many of them had no idea of what the next step was going to be. And they didn't understand where they were at, either by employer benefits, um, their own benefits that they might have, if they did have insurance. They didn't have an idea of how it worked. And I would add to that, if they were the ones that got sick and they want to prepare for the future, underwriting is going to affect what that looks like moving forward. So it's critical. And of course, birthdays are always critical. Oh, Looking yeah. at any type of insurance prior to a birth date, because um, they're often fees go up the older you are. My guest today is Diane Gastro. Diane is the director of insurance planning for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. And we are going to take a quick break. And Diane, when we come back, let's talk about life insurance and 
so often, as I said, people just think, oh, I don't need any life insurance. But we have seen the needs change over time and the policies have changed over time. And with that, we'll be back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I'm the founder and the senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And if today we're talking about an issue that you really haven't thought about for a while, please do give us a call. We have a new billboard up there and it says, listen to your intuition, call. And our phone number is up. And like all my billboards, they're not all about just Ellen Becker Investment Group. It's if you've had an illness, if you've, if you've been out of touch with someone for a very long time, listen to your intuition, pick up the phone, make a call to get closure around that, to find out what your options are and to find out what solutions might be available. My guest today is Diane Gastro. She is the director of insurance planning for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. And in our last segment, we talked about disability insurance, which of course is so important. And in this segment, we want to look at life insurance and some of the different options. And one of the things that is so important is that when you're talking about insurance, any kind of insurance, that you're looking at it as one broad picture because it all works together. It just weaves itself together. And so, Diane, can you talk about life insurance and explain it and some of the different types of life insurance that might be suitable? Karen, we talked earlier about my role as helping people understanding their insurance planning as part of their big picture. And there are different insurance products that are really appropriate for different times in someone's life. Term life insurance is going to protect your family with a lot of life insurance for a temporary need. You know, while you're in your mid thirties or forties, trying to take care of your family, get kids ready for college, pay for weddings, pay for savings for retirement. Your income is a really important component of that. If you're not able to work, but you're alive, the disability insurance takes care of that. But if you pass away, what about all those things that were there for your family, for your spouse, for the important people in your lives? Maybe it's a charity or your alma mater. Term life insurance is an inexpensive way to get a lot of protection for those loved ones. Then as an alternative to term, which is temporary insurance, there are permanent life insurance policies. And by nature of the word, it's supposed to be there the rest of your life. Could be universal life or whole life, two different types of permanent plans. Different, um, if you lift up the hood, there's a little bit different mechanics, but the objective is to get you coverage for the rest of your life. So your needs could be different that when you die at 80, 85, 90, 95, you might wanna leave a legacy to someone. Life insurance is very efficient at doing that. It's one of the best rates of return, if you can look at it that way, for leaving wealth. And it's income tax free. So it's very efficient at helping you transfer wealth in a liquid way without having tax obligations. Can you so, give an example of what you're talking about, Diane? So if I pass away at 90 years old and I've paid $5,000 premium into my policy for a number of years, at my death, that $5,000 paying out, let's say, $500,000 of death benefit, but that $500,000 is going to be available three years from now or it's going to be 30 years from now or 70 years from now, depending on my age. And it's going to go to my chosen beneficiaries income tax-free. It's liquid. It's a check. 
that comes to the, the beneficiaries of the policy. They don't pay taxes on it. So when I pass away, if I have other assets that are still uh, need to have taxes paid on them, this gives a way for people to pay those taxes. It also is a great tool for leaving uh, you know, a legacy to a charitable organization that you care deeply about. Diane, one of the things that we've done with so many of our clients as we've reviewed not only their insurance, but it, it's, it fits right in with their estate planning, is for some of those people who have a higher wealth, we can look at a uh, irrevocable insurance trust as well. For, so it, it's really every, all the planning that one can do really should be weave, woven in together so that you have a tapestry that's gonna work and it's gonna be efficient. So can you talk a little bit about the irrevocable um, insurance trust? So an irrevocable life insurance trust is a great tool to use for individuals that are very high net worth. During your lifetime, you can gift money to individuals, but at your death, there's a lifetime amount, a total amount that you can give. If you gift that money into the life insurance trust, that trust buys a life insurance policy, and then it gets the leverage. So if you put in $100,000, you may have a tax-free benefit of $500,000, and it's outside of your estate, so it's not going to add on to your estate size for estate taxes. And estate taxes are always moving, and the amount that you can gift is always moving. We have to you know, assume that things are not gonna be as generous for an estate gifting ability as they are today. You know, there's um, you know, a lot of questions about how do we pay for things that are going on. So there's a good likelihood that estates could be taxed at a greater rate in the future. Diane, when you talk about life insurance, what are some of the things that people really need to think about? Because it is a policy that's, that's based on your life. And there are certain people that aren't often insurable, which is one of the things that we always worry about. What are some of the things that people should be thinking about if they're thinking, wow, you know what? If I would have died, my family would not have been protected at all. I didn't even think about that ever. How do I protect my family? What are the, what are the process that they need to think through? Well, first of all, sitting down with one of the advisor team and getting a sense of what would insurance do for them and how much insurance do they need to accomplish those goals because insurance is very efficient for some purposes so we identify you know how much insurance and what type of insurance then we have to look at like you were talking about previously insurability you know is somebody able to get through the underwriting process because they all need to go through underwriting the industry has made some changes because of COVID in part and just because of technology, but you're getting more and more applications that are going through electronically. Insurance companies are doing telephone interviews where they can and ordering medical records rather than requiring a face-to-face -face physical. Sometimes you still need the physical, but they're trying to get away from that. We're getting more and more electronic delivery of policies because you know, simply the employees at the insurance companies are working from home. They don't have the ability to put together the paper documents and mail them the way they did in the past. So we're changing that way and becoming more aware of some of those things. But other changes are happening too. We are always trying to get a cost efficient policy 
And today, to get a guaranteed policy with guaranteed premiums and guaranteed prices, that's becoming more expensive than it was six months ago, let alone two years, because of the low interest rate environment. Then you have things like, well, I'm thinking about going on a river cruise to Germany next year, assuming Germany's open, but the underwriters are saying, I'm not gonna offer you a policy until you get back from Germany because we don't know what the world health situation is gonna be like six months from now or a year from now. So people really need to think about, you know, what am I thinking about doing in the future? Should I apply for insurance and get it in place first? You can't sign up for your cruise get in, and not tell the insurance company. You need to do this before you make your plans because otherwise you're withholding information and that can cause a whole other you know, problem. You know, insurance companies, um, you know, just to touch briefly on long-term care insurance, one of our carriers will not even make an underwriting offer to anyone over the age of 65 right now because they require face-to-face -face interviews to make certain people are you know, cognitively strong and they don't wanna put anybody in you know, close proximity to have those interviews. So a lot of things are changing from you know, the underwriting standpoint. Like you said earlier, the older you get, the more expensive things become. Typically, you're more susceptible to age-related illnesses and maybe not getting as much insurance or um, qualifying at the highest underwriting rate classes as when you're younger and potentially more healthy. And that can change at your next doctor appointment. If they discover something, you know, your insurability could change on the dime. My guest today is Diane Gastro. She is the Director of Insurance Planning for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. And Diane, you touched a little bit on long-term care. I'd like to pick that up, more insight into that and some of the ways that we have seen life insurance really have an impact. Also, I'd like it if you could talk a little bit about when you're reviewing these life insurance policies, what are you looking for to determine if there's something better? And what are the options? If you look at one of the plans of a, of a client, you say, you know, this isn't working as well. What are their options um, in tax-wise and the possibilities of maybe looking at a long-term care policy or looking at a policy that is going to have different types of coverage? And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I am the founder and the senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. My guest today is Diane Gastro. She is the director of insurance planning within and for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And Diane works with all of our advisors and with all of our clients to make sure that their insurance is exactly what they think it is, is going to do what they think it's going to do, and to make sure that it's the best policy that you can get out there. And so one of the nice things is, two of the nice things is, is Diane is a salaried employee. And so she does not get compensated for any of the insurance that she would sell. And on another thing is Diane can speak on this as well. We can go out to all the different carriers. We're not aligned with any one particular insurance company. So that means that effectively, depending on your own situation, we can look at a variety of different coverages that will give you the outcome that you're looking for. But Diane, could you just spend a little bit of time in talking about if somebody, um, if a new client of ours was to come to you and as we're doing our review and you're looking at the insurance, what are the types of things that you're looking for? Well, what I look for, Karen, first of all, is I want the advisor to share with me, you know, what's important to this client? What are they looking for in their planning? 
You know, do they have debt that they want to take care of? Do they have elderly parents they want to take care of? Or a disabled child. Yeah, a disabled child. So I like to get an understanding of what's important in the planning and identify holes in their risk management and protection of their goals. I also like to get an inventory of all of their existing insurance, their long-term care, their life insurance, their disability, their employer-sponsored plans. And like you said earlier, I always put together a nice inventory to say, here we are. Then I look at their permanent plans, let's say, and um, find out if the premiums that people are paying are sufficient to keep the policies in force. If you think of it like you bought your car and the car gets 25 miles to the gallon, and so you know you need 10 gallons of gas to get from here to Madison. Well, if something changes and now you're only getting 20 miles to the gallon, 10 gallons isn't gonna get you to Madison anymore. And there's moving components to the life insurance that are you know, sort of technical. I try to simplify in our conversations, but I let people see that you, know, you think that paying this premium is gonna give you a life insurance policy, and there's a good chance you're gonna live longer than your life insurance policy. So what can we do about that, assuming the insurance is still important? Some of the newer products out there actually have been designed to run more efficiently. Again, just like the newer cars compared to those from the 70s and 80s, you just, you just get better gas mileage by how they are designed. So you can say that pay the same premium and potentially keep the death benefit in force longer. Other times you get people that have a bunch of cash value in their policy, they've got this life insurance, and they're like, I don't even care about life insurance anymore. I don't need this. What can I do with it? And we look at that cash value as an asset in their portfolio, and potentially we use it to buy a paid up policy. So they don't have to pay any more premiums and they get more death benefits than they have. Or we can put it into something that makes the policy efficient at protecting portfolios from the cost of long-term care. Or maybe it's a piece of um, cash value that you can use to address other financial needs, other holes. If you're going into retirement and you don't need life insurance anymore, but you still want to get your house paid off, maybe that cash value could help pay down your mortgage. So we just look at the moving pieces to see if they're the right pieces, if they're operating efficiently, and if they're not efficient, is there another tool out there that's more efficient for where they are in their planning needs today? I mean, I'm, you know, getting a little older. My kids are out of the house. They're independent. I don't need the same insurance that I needed 20 years ago when they were young. And I was saving for not only for retirement, but also to get them through college. So my needs have changed and my insurance solutions change with those needs. One of the things that people often forget about and in their mind, they'll say, I've got X amount of insurance on my life. And all of a sudden, they will realize that they've got loans out on that insurance. And and they don't actually have. And so often the spouse is thinking, well, there's a half a million dollars and money has been borrowed against it one time or another, which is sometimes where the policies won't effectively maintain themselves. But that can be a really big issue. It can be an issue from the standpoint of, you know, the loans can take away the death benefit because if you die with a loan, the death benefit first pays back the loan and anything remaining after that loan repayment is what gets paid to your beneficiaries. So like you said, if they have a $500,000 policy, 
with a $300,000 loan, the spouse may think they're getting 500,000, but they're getting 200,000 because that loan needs to be repaired, or excuse me, repaid. The other thing, sometimes the interest on the loan can become so cumbersome to the policy that it causes the policy to lapse. And then if that happens while you're alive, you might owe taxes on the loan. So people don't even know that that's a possibility. So being aware of that loan and what it means to the policy can be very important in understanding what's moving forward. The other piece that's important is some life insurance policies at your death pay the death benefit and the cash value. So if you had a $500,000 death benefit in a policy with $150,000 of cash value, your beneficiary may get $650,000. Other policies, you have a $500,000 death benefit with $150,000 of cash value, your beneficiary gets $500,000. So understanding what you have can really make a difference in making certain you're meeting your goals and objectives. I talk to a lot of people that think they get both and they just don't understand that they only get the cash value if they give up death benefit. Let's talk a little bit about the importance of beneficiaries because life insurance is truly to make life have an impact, a positive impact on your family, your beneficiaries whether it is a church or whoever it is. And I would have to say as one of the most often done improperly or not the way you might want it is the beneficiary designations on many different types of things. It could be your retirement accounts, your insurance, annuities. Um, most people think, well, I have a will or I have a trust and it says my kids get this, 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 or my spouse gets this. And, but it's, they don't realize that insurance passes outside of a trust or a will. Can you talk about that a little bit, Diane? And that's one of the important components of the review that we do, Karen. And I am just amazed how often people will leave an ex-spouse uh, as a beneficiary. Of or a parent. <laughs> or a parent that has predeceased them. Or maybe, yes, their parent, when they bought the policy, they were 26 and they listed mom and dad as the beneficiaries. Well, now they're 46 and they're married with three kids. If they pass away, the death benefit proceeds go to mom and dad. So there's so many situations that we just want to make certain that the beneficiary designations are consistent with their goals and objectives today. Very often the work that we're doing here at the firm involves some estate planning and the attorneys that put together the trust and the paperwork there will give us direction on how they would encourage the clients to have their beneficiary designations. And so then when we have life changes, we double check it again. So just because your will or your estate plan says that everything goes one direction, if you have a beneficiary designation where you've named who it gets, that's where it goes. That's a legal document. And it circumvents whatever you've done on your trust. So one of the things that if you have a trust, you have life insurance, we may work with the attorney, we may look at it and make your trust the beneficiary. So those are all really important things to consider so that at the time of your death, think about what your family is going to be experiencing. Are they going to experience um, joy? And are they going to experience an opportunity to be working together to say, wow, everything is so planned and so easy 
and concise? Or are they going to be looking for policies, have no clue whatsoever what you have, no clue what's coming in, no clue if their mom or their dad is protected? It's really important to share this information so somebody knows where to go to, to find that out. And when we work with a client, of course, we have an entire list uh, inventory of investments, but we also know where the insurance is. We've looked at it so that we can assist families when they're going through such a difficult time to understand if everything is okay. My guest today is Diane Gastro. She is the director of insurance planning for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. When we come back, let's talk about the long-term care. And I bring that up because we have seen such difficulty with our parents and with different individuals who are in retirement communities or nursing homes who really haven't been able to talk to anybody. We've had people at home who it was very traditional that we would go over there, we would visit with them, but we were fearful that we would be bringing something into the home. If ever before that I've seen some tragedies, it's really been around the whole nursing home situation where, where parents, where we couldn't go and see people. And at Ellen Becker Investment Group, we did have two clients who passed away during this COVID epidemic. And you know, each experience was totally different. And each experience in both of them had long-term care, which was really providing assistance. And so with that, when we come back, we'll dig a little bit deeper into the benefits of long-term care. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I am the founder and the senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And my guest today is Diane Gastro. She is the director of insurance planning for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And one of the areas that, of course, we always are taking a look at is the advantages for each and every one of our clients for long-term care or not. And one of the reasons for that is it's really hard to anticipate what type of costs you're going to have ahead on any type of long-term care that you might have. And one of the biggest erosions is not the stock market. It's not even truly inflation in the, in the sense of the milk and the butter and the cheese that we buy, but in terms of inflation for healthcare and what the costs are going to be if you or your spouse or a loved one ends up with a critical disease. And so Diane, could you talk about long-term care? Because I think that's another thing that's gotten a really bad rap that it's always too, too expensive to have. And yet, even within our own company, we have had Jean where her mother and dad both had it and her mother never used it, but her dad used it. And so it was a poor investment for her mom, but it was a phenomenal investment for her dad. And they would not have been able to keep their farm and all the things that they had if they didn't have that long-term care insurance. And Karen, I think that that is the determining piece here is as our clients are getting older, first of all, you have to have resources to pay for long-term care protection. And when you're raising your kids and saving for college, you may not have cash flow yet, but as you're getting closer to retirement, we start having these discussions about understanding what long-term care is, how it affects you, what does it cost, what are ways to pay for it. And insurance-based products are just one way to pay for long-term care. You can certainly have a really nice portfolio and pay for it from your portfolio, but do that as a decision versus I didn't know any better and it happened. If you don't have resources, potentially you could become 
you know, a Medicaid recipient where the state is paying for your care. But for our sweet spot, our clients that have resources, we want them to understand the cost of care, what the likelihood is that they will need care, and different types of insurance policies and how they may fit into their plan. Like you were saying, traditional long-term care insurance, it has gotten a very bad rap. And for some legitimate reasons, first of all, you pay a premium that is not guaranteed and you may never need care. So sort of like your homeowner's policy, you pay for something that's very expensive. And if you don't need it, you pass away. You had peace of mind while you were alive, but it was very expensive peace of mind. The other thing that's been happening a lot for the last 10 years or so is individuals that have existing long-term care policies are having very expensive increases to their existing contracts. I've talked with people that had a 50% increase two years ago and another 50% increase in their premiums today. So one of the big things I've been doing is reviewing with them and helping them understand the benefits that they have and the cost. And we make a lot of phone calls to the insurance companies to find out you know, what they can do to maintain the policy and keep it affordable. Because everybody I talk to says, well, if, if they've increased it this much now, what's going to happen five years ago when maybe I can't afford it as well as I can today? So traditional long-term care insurance, it pays a benefit if you need care. And it can be home care, assisted living, adult daycare. Where you receive care is not as important as whether you need to pay somebody to get care. But what we're finding to be very attractive to our clients as they're getting closer to retirement is maybe looking at a life insurance policy that you don't have to die to benefit from. You know, you think about a life insurance policy, in order for anybody to be happy, you have to die for them to get the money. With these plans, you can get your death benefit paid out income tax-free to help you pay for the cost of long-term care insurance. So maybe you take that policy that you already have and use that cash value to buy one of these newer types of plans. So you can maintain your death benefit, maintain your premiums, or maybe even eliminate your premiums and make them more flexible to give you cash flow. And the long-term care policy is really about protecting your retirement portfolio to meet the needs that you and your family have while you're alive. Because we see sometimes that a lot of couples, maybe the husband or maybe the wife, has most of the retirement savings in their name. And most people are not aware that I can keep my retirement savings and not have to spend it for my spouse's care and he could qualify for Medicaid. But if I spent all of my retirement savings on long-term care services and then pass away, I may have spent the bulk of the family's net worth and left my spouse without any money to live on. So it sounds like there's a lot of moving pieces and there are, and my role is really to help understand people's situations and explain to them in a meaningful way what the moving pieces mean to them and their planning and what are some options. The education around it is so important. And then helping people understand what they have or don't have and what they can have and how it works. So Diane, an example would be if one of our clients, um, the husband worked full time and was the major breadwinner and the wife maybe worked after the kids grew up or maybe never worked. And the husband, let's say, has 700,000 in his IRA. They have a little bit of extra money outside of that. They've got a house and basically 
if he gets sick, he's required to use up that IRA of his. And so the government looks at your IRA and says, it's in your social security number, therefore it's yours, you have to spend it. And often you hear of people getting divorced late in life, often if it's to split assets so that they have assets if one of them get a, is getting sick. And very often a woman will say if, it's, if it happens to be the husband has the larger account than the wife, but we've been saving money in the 401k all these years and it's really joint money. And the husband will say, well, absolutely, it's, it's hers and it's mine. But that's not how the government looks at it. The government looks at it as it's his. So, so now the husband gets sick. He has to take money out of his IRA to pay for long-term care. The more you take, the more you pay, the higher it costs to take that money out. And all of a sudden, the spouse is left with about $100,000, her house, a car, and that's it and the whole lifestyle changes. So that's a, a, a place where Diane or an insurance person can help you to understand what is the best solution for you because no one wants to leave a spouse in a situation that is completely different than the one that you lived in. That's true, exactly. And again, it, it illustrates why the insurance is a component of a financial plan and how important the education around all of it and personalizing the plan as well as the solutions is for each of our clients. And we only have about a minute and a half left and so I'm gonna throw in one thought. So what I have done, I have eight grandchildren and one great granddaughter. And what I have done when each one of those children was born is buy a life insurance policy on them because when they're little and if they're healthy, they are a preferred um, client and they never have to go through a health um, checkup again and go through underwriting. And at different periods of time during their life, they have the ability to add on to that insurance. I think I start with 50 or 100,000. And the reason that's important is because kids are getting sick and, and if they have any condition, they might not get, be able to get insurance at some point in their life. And Diane, I'll let you wrap that thought up. And Karen, I think that's a wonderful tool for parents that have excess cash flow and just want to leave, make certain their children are taken care of. But I also see a lot of grandparents, like you did, buying policies for their kids, for their grandkids, because I can get a child a very, very nice contract with future increase availability for a couple hundred dollars a year and have it paid up by the time they graduate from high school. What a yeah. gift to give to somebody that has meaningful implications today and beyond. And again, it's just, we just don't know what's gonna happen. And I, you know, we don't know what kind of illnesses and if they're insurable and they get married and they have a family, you know, it can be very devastating. My guest today is Diane Gastro. She is the Director of Insurance Planning for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. And thank you so much, Diane. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for tuning in to our COVID-19 edition of Money Sense. Our goal is to provide valuable information so that you can feel more confident in your financial decisions. You can listen to this show and any that you may have missed at ellenbecker.com slash money sense or on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. To discuss these topics and more with one of our wealth advisors, call us at 262 691 3200 or visit ellenbecker.com for a complimentary consultation.